superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. Y'all smoking crack! It's game day for the Oilers. And let's get you sent for it. They'll take on the Preds at home tonight. Cody Jansen with you, World Hockey Report. We are presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. If you're heading to the rink, Lord Co. is going to make sure you got everything you need for a smooth ride, from bright white headlight replacement bulbs for increased visibility during early morning or late night commutes to battery maintainers that are going to make sure your vehicle starts when the temperature drops. Visit a Lord Co. Auto Parts location today for knowledgeable service, quality parts, and accessories. Visit lordco.com to find a store near you. All right, here's what we're going to do on the show today. In about 15 minutes time, we'll hit up Tim Peel, former NHL ref. He's now taking over the media world, the Nation Network. They got a huge deal. Give him a round of applause. Big clap there. They just uh, sold like about 15 million. Tim Peel, he's joining part of that team with Frank Saravalli. All, all those guys, congrats to them and girls too. Uh, and then in about uh, 35 minutes, we'll uh, check in with our Grey Cup champ, Zach Badiros, on the show. Maybe we'll talk Flyers. But first, we got to break down the Oilers and the Predators. Let me tell you, you can join the conversation anytime. On 12 Ounce Sports, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, chime in. You got a prediction for the Oil and Predators tonight? If you jump on YouTube or Facebook right now, I'm going to tell you this. Get the score right. Maybe check in who scores the game-winning goal. We'll get you tickets to the next Oilers game. Pretty simple. Join the conversation right now. 12 Ounce Sports, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching from. Predict the score. Tonight's Oilers-Predators game. I got bets. We'll talk about that. I also got comments from Connor McDavid, Dave Tippett. We are going to break this baby down. The Preds are on the back, a back-to-back here, back half of it. And for the Oilers, well, they're coming off a game, and you can consider it a slump for Connor McDavid, honestly, what he's got one point in his last, like each of his last two games. That's pretty much a slump for him. So you know he's going to pop off sometime soon. You know that they're not happy with their performance against the Kraken. And so they're going to bounce back. I have no doubt in my mind. Can Miko Koskinen hold up? I think Ingram's going to be going for the Preds. Great guy. How's he going to fare against a star-studded NHL lineup? Time will tell. But it's interesting because when you you do hear some of the players and coaches talk about Nashville, a team who they haven't seen in a couple of years, this is a very different-looking roster than what they saw in 2018, 2019. Very different. And we will dive into some of the lineup changes as well. It's Cody Jansen with you live today from the Prolong Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Follow me on Twitter at Janner31 underscore and the show at World Honky RPT on Twitter. Again, get those Oilers Preds predictions in. If you join the conversation, predict the score. We'll get you tickets to the next game. Everyone knows my favorite hockey tournament of the year, less than two months away. It's the Spangler Cup. All the great people at Sports Travel Tours, they want you to experience it as well. Check out all the packages at sportstraveltours.com. Oilers, Predators, that's tonight at Rogers Place. It's a beautiful Wednesday night here as well. It's fall. We got the plaid rocking. Make sure you're wearing a poppy too. I don't know if you guys can see that now. Make sure you're wearing a poppy. 
do do your part. Put on a poppy. We are coming up on Remembrance Day. It's a 6.30 start, too. It's a little bit of an earlier start for the Oilers against the Preds. Maybe that means they're not a national game. I don't know why you wouldn't want Connor McDavid. You got Wednesday night national games, and you don't want Connor McDavid on the big screen? I think TNT's got, like, the Blues and Blackhawks or someone. I'll check the schedule. I I don't exactly remember... uh, with the national game on TNT is maybe it, oh it's Blues and Kings, Blues and Kings. That's gonna be the TNT game tonight. Ugh. Would we rather watch Connor McDavid? And here is McDavid talking about Nashville earlier today in the press conference. Yeah, I think there's just a little bit more, you know, diving into what they've been up to. I think, um, you know, Nashville's a team we haven't seen in a long time, and they've kind of done a full overhaul since we last played them. So, um, you know, it's a uh, it's almost a brand new team for us, so um, you know it's obviously it's exciting. You know we it's it's fun to play some different teams, um, but uh, you know they're a good team. They're on a bit of a roll here, and and uh, you know it's a, a good test for us. So uh, you wonder how much. Obviously, they're, they're going to break down video from last night's game against Calgary, where there was a lot of back and forth. Saros obviously was the reason they won that game. I don't think anyone's denying that. But there's also part of me that thinks did Nashville burn themselves out by beating a very strong Calgary Flames team? How are they going to fare on the second half of a back-to-back? They're not a deep team. This isn't the 2017 Nashville Predators anymore. They don't have that depth. And again, after a weird season last year where you're not playing that many back-to-backs, it's a shortened season. Could be a little bit of a test. I know it's not a far trip up from Calgary to Edmonton, but everyone's been in that position where the second game, it's going to be hard to win. I can't imagine they go back to Saros in this one. And the Oilers, again, if you get a solid performance at a Koskinen where I don't really have any reason to doubt that, it doesn't seem like they're getting Smith back. I think they said maybe he'll be available Friday against the Rangers. He is skating Dave Tibbet talked about in the press conference, but he also talked about Nashville as well. I guess Matt Benning's on the team. He was, you know, it's a young right-handed defenseman that they got rid of, but he really didn't fit the mold of this team. And Dave Tibbet did talk about Nashville, the type of team, so we'll get to that. We just talked about it a little bit and just went through their lineup, and it's uh, when you haven't seen players. I mean, you know the names, but you haven't seen players. They've got some young players on their team that are good players, so we went through their whole team understand how they play and and where they are but that being said we you know we we won uh, Monday night which is always good to win but there's some areas of our game that I think can really be better so we're really focusing on making sure we're ready to start the game they, they're a team that played last night but if you play loose they're gonna bite you they got some skill so we'll uh, hopefully play accordingly Dave Tippett right there talking about the Nashville Predators, Oilers, Preds. That's coming up here, 6.30 tonight. We're just uh, working on some stuff here scheduling-wise for uh, Tim Peel. We're going to get him on the show here today, just uh, arranging a time for him. If you got a prediction, though, join the conversation. Let us know other games in the league tonight. St. Louis and L.A. Where does L.A. stand? Are they even close to contenders? I know they're battling a lot of injuries, but for a Drew Doughty, who's kind of on the heels of, hey, I want this team to be a competitor, or I'm going to be mad and 
Like, like he's not getting out of his contract. He's not leaving. So I don't really know what he's going to do, but this team is way past their prime and the injuries hurt, but also you don't have a star goaltender there. I'm sorry, Cal Peterson. He ain't it. He ain't the guy who's going to be taking them to the playoffs. Chicago, they got a tough task. They're at home against Carolina. The only undefeated team left in the NHL. Ain't no Freddie Anderson, third star of the month. Huge month for him. He's been phenomenal. And then you got Colorado taking on Columbus. Taking a look, though, the Oilers roster changes. Mike Smith not going to play tonight. Dave Tibbet said he's hopeful he'll be an option for Friday. And on that fourth line, Perlini, he's going to slot in for Tyler Benson. I'm interested to know Oilers fans' thoughts on this. You've got a product who you've taken up and down the system, who you've really set up to crack into the lineup and now you've got a guy like Perlini there who we all know he can be a fourth liner in the NHL. We all know that. Is he worth replacing Benson? Is it worth, you know, stopping Benson's development by putting him in the stands to have Perlini in? Are you in win now mode or are you in develop some player mode? I think win now mode has to come closer to playoff time where that's when you can sit some of your players who aren't going to cut it in the press box. Regular season, you kind of feel bad for him. You kind of want to see him get the chance. I know it's the NHL. I know that's competitive. I know it's not something that's easy to just, you know, flip-flop. I don't know. I'm interested. Again, I'm not an NHL coach. I'm not Dave Tippett. I'm not making these decisions. But Perlini comes in tonight for Benson. And on the back end, Russell comes in for Cuckoo. I think those two are just going to swamp out all season long. until Unless one of them really takes a step ahead, I don't see anything changing. Hey, we had some hockey news last night. It's really taking off today. It's disappointing. And, and I would be reminisced if I didn't mention it on the show. It is a little, it's sickening to be frank. And it's former Quebec major junior league forward for Victoria Nicholas Stagel. He was charged with sexual assault this summer and distributing photos, I do believe. He signed with H.C. Um, Rulov Oder of the Ukrainian Hockey League. Uh, same league that's governed by the IIHF, obviously, and, and the one that failed to punish Andre Deniskin for his racist actions towards Jalen Smirk. This this league, this reputable league that they allow in the Champions Hockey League, that they allow to compete in the Continental Cup with the best teams in Europe, some of the best run teams leagues in Europe, this league is just making a mockery of the game, and IIHF is sitting there twiddling their thumbs, not giving a shit. They don't give a damn about anything that goes on. They're just going to be like, well, you know, we can't do it. We can't step in. You govern this league. You approve this league. If you're going to stand by these actions, that's pathetic. That's unacceptable. You have to do better. If you want to be a part of the change of hockey culture, the IIHF should probably step in and say, hey, straighten, like, it's just time. Straighten your shit out. Figure it out. You can't be a part of this anymore. If you want to be able to have a team like Don Mass in the Champions Hockey League, the most prestigious, you know, European hockey competition, essentially, where all the best teams are competing in it. If you want to be in the Continental Cup, if you want to have national teams competing on the world scale, where do you draw the line? Where do we stop and say, well, it's his second chance? 
Where do we draw the line and say, well, the league can't or the IHF can't do any more than what the league chooses to suspend Daniskin? It's sickening for hockey culture. It's disappointing, and they need to do better. I think Luke Tardiff needs to step in. I think IHF needs to step in, and, and frankly, this is part of the issue is second chances are earned. You're not granted a second chance in life. No, your second chance is that you're not spending 20 years behind a bar. You know, you, you, you there, there's no excuse for that. You shouldn't be getting drafted in the first round of the NHL. You shouldn't be getting a professional contract less than a month after. No, you, you, your right deserves to get a lawyer, get you out of jail, and you can go flip burgers for the rest of your life. That's your right by the legal system. It's a joke to begin with. Your right isn't to play professional hockey. And, you know, the the owners, the managers of the league, the people in charge, they are the ones letting down every kid, every victim that has ever been a part of something like this, speaking up or not. Because not everyone's speaking up. Not everyone has the courage of Kyle Beach to make a change. I mean, this guy changed the world. When he spoke up, Kyle Beach did. The amount of guts it took is incredible. Like You actually can't even put words on how big of an impact this is going to have on so many lives. And the fact that the Blackhawks are fighting, it's still a joke. But just, just knowing that these players are getting away with it in a double IHF sanctioned league pisses me off beyond it. That's, that's, that's where we'll leave it at here couple minutes and we will connect with Tim Peel, former NHLer. He's going to hop on the show here. Also news to uh, rip through for the day. P.K. Subban, he's going to have a hearing for a trip on Anaheim's Trevor Zegers. It's about time. It's about two slew foots too late. Sidney Crosby has COVID. And yes, we are going to discuss this more in depth tomorrow because we're coming up on the Olympics here. The Olympics are two months away, three months away. Are we going to risk having stars getting COVID? How long do you have to sit them out before the Olympics? Because you can't have these guys playing in the NHL if they're going to be, you know, running the risk of COVID and then having them compete for the Olympics. You know, where are we going to draw the line? What's the change that's going to be happening? Interesting. All in all, you hope for the best. Cole Caulfield, he's back in Laval. I think we talked about that. Aaron Rodgers pulled in a Vander Kane. He wasn't actually vaccinated or his vaccine wasn't approved. Something like that. The Nashville Predators are going to retire, retire Pekka Rene's number 35 on February 24th. The Bridgestone Arena. So that's coming February 24th. Uh, we are rolling through the news here. And the phone just refreshed. That's awesome. Thatcher Demko was great last time. I'm just going to throw that one in there. And that save he made was absolutely incredible. He's lost his blocker. He throws up his back foot. Wild. Kirill Kaprizov, first goal of the season in overtime. Yes, it was against Ottawa. We'll still let it count. This one will let it count. Next one, no. You better score that against a good team, and it better be in regulation, or we're still going to consider you a bust. Love you, Minnesota fans. Hey, we're talking with Tim Peel, former NHL referee. After the break, it's World Hockey Report. We're presented by Lord Kawada Parts. 
World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com. And sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priority. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What we do here is go back, 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 back. It's an Oilers game day 6:30. Oilers Predators down at Rogers Place. If you got a prediction, join the conversation right now on 12 Ounce Sports Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you are watching. Rump. Let's go down to the states, and we got former NHL referee Tim. Peel joining us, taking time for us on this beautiful Wednesday. And, and, and Tim, I know you're a busy man, so we're going to hop into some of the stories here. And in the first one, I heard it on Kevin Strick, and it was awesome. But you got to tell the story about scoring on Luongo. You got to walk the people through <laughs> that one. Hey, Cody, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was an unbelievable moment. Uh, Bortuzzo shot the puck in and I was in a good position in the corner. Usually the defensemen, they rim it around the boards or they shoot it on the net. They really don't shoot it towards the, the end boards. And, and I saw it coming and, and I couldn't duck because it was at waist level. And, and uh, I, I couldn't obviously jump up in the air. And it just kind of it hit me on the left hip. And a lot of people thought that it hit me somewhere else. But it hit me in the left hip. And, and it's, it, it's still uh, a mystery how it hit me on the left hip and then went right and went all the ways across the goal line and into the net. And, and as, I, as I fell back, I hit my head on the, on the boards and the linesman came over and I was on all fours and on my knees and my, my hands. And cause I hear the horn go off at, at the uh, enterprise center here in St. Louis. And it goes off when the blues score. And, and I heard the horn go off and, and, uh, the linesman came over and I said, did that puck just go in the net? And he said, yeah. And I said, are you kidding me? So I, I went in and, and gathered my thoughts and came back on the ice. And I said to, the, to Luongo and Lou's like one of the best guys ever. I just love the guy. And, 
And he's like, he goes, PLZ, are you okay? And I go, yeah, yeah. I said, Lou, I said, I'm great. But I said, you know what? For the rest of my life, I'm going to be able to tell people that I scored on Roberto Luongo. And he started laughing. So what's funny to finish the story up is three nights later, I'm in Chicago and Ford is in Chicago and he's not, he's not starting that night. They were going to start Reimer. And Lou comes right up to me as we're skating around. And he goes, PLZ, I go, hey, Lou, how are you? He goes, they won't even start me now when you're a referee in our games because they're afraid you'll score on me. And we laughed. It was unbelievable. Gretzky texted me that night. He goes, you only need 714 goals more to catch Hully, he said. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm glad they're able to joke around about that, though, right? Like, that, there'd, there'd be nothing worse than if you took actual heat for something. You're like, guys, you actually think I did that on purpose? Like, give me a well, break. <laughs> But that's one of the funniest videos. I can watch that video on repeat for hours. It's great. Hey, Tim, I also heard you do a, a recent radio hit talking about the Oilers. And up here in Alberta, Connor McDavid, it's always conversation. Why doesn't he draw more penalties? Well, who better to ask than you? Do, do you have a reasoning? Because in my mind, I feel like maybe he doesn't sell it as much as other players. And he's also so good on his feet where he doesn't go for these big tumbles. Like he's getting up right away. Is that just my opinion? Or why do you think Connor McDavid draws, you know, a third of the penalties that Yessa Pugliarvi does? Well, and it's amazing, Cody. He is, he is 135th on the list right now out of all players that have drawn penalties in the league. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I looked at four clips this morning and three of them, uh, are tripping penalties. And part of it is he is so, he is such a, he's the best skater I've ever seen in, in my, you know, my career and, and growing up. And part of it is he's going so fast that I don't think it takes much to, to knock him off balance, but he is such a tremendous skater that he's easy, able to gain his, his balance and, and stay up. But you know what? I think, I think we need to start concentrating a little bit more on them. You know, I know in the playoffs there were, they were upset the Oilers um, with, you know, he didn't draw one penalty in the playoffs last year. And I, I think that it's, and I'm sure Kenny Holland, you know, Kenny Holland's one of the best GMs in the league and one of the most respected. And, and I'm sure he's had discussions with Stephen Walken, the director of officiating. He's probably shown Stephen these clips and said, Hey, you know, the, are these penalties? And if so, why aren't they being called on the best player in the league? So it's a very valid point. So when, when you look at some of those penalties that do and don't get called, one of my favorite parts and now being in that coaching world is seeing some of the animated people on the bench. And I know Dave Tippett can get a little red once in a while, but when you were refing, was there any coach who you were just like, and you don't need to call them out exactly for what they said or anything, but was there any coach where you just knew like, hey, this game, I know I'm going to get it from them every time we're playing? You know what? No, like I, I got a, I, a lot of our guys uh, had problems with certain coaches and so on, but I... I took it almost as a badge of honor to, to get along with the coaches. And, and I'll give you a quick example. Jamal Mayer's the ex-player. Him and I coach a select team here in St. Louis. And we were at a, at a game a couple of weeks ago, and it was a big game for our team. And, and I, all of a sudden, I caught myself yelling at the refs. And, you know, Jamal and I joked about it after, and I'm like, I can't do that. Like, geez, I, I can't yell at the refs. 
And, but I understand, you know, I play men's league hockey and you yell at the refs. I understand why people yell at the refs. And, and, but as far as the coaches, you know, like a lot of people would see Torts and Tortorella and, you know, he's very intense and, and Vino and, and different guys. But, um, you know, I, I took it, I, I wanted to get along with the coaches because if there was a situation where, you know, I missed something or things really got heated in the game. I wanted to be able to have a good relationship with the coaches that I could go over and talk to them and explain myself and maybe calm down their team. And, and if you can get the coach on your side, then usually you can get the other 20 players on your side as well. Is there a tough barn though? Like, is there one rank where you're just like, these fans are ruthless and they're going to be on me from the start. Like is Philly that place or was there worse? Well, you know what? It's funny that you, you said that because I was going to mention Philly for the opposite reason. When I would go there, I would love, because, you know, we know, you know, the Eagles fans, you know, threw snowballs at Santa Claus that one time. And, and, and they're, they're known as ruthless fans, but I love them there. There was a guy, they call him the sign guy, and he, he's got a stack of signs. He's behind the visitor's net. He's been there for 30, 40 years. And every time I'd come out, he, he'd put up a sign, rescue stock, and that, that, that. And so one night I'm having a couple of beers at a bar next to the rink and after the game and, and he comes over and introduces himself. So we have a few beers together and then the next game I'm, I'm there and then for the rest of my career, it was like 10, 15 years ago, I'd skate out on the ice and he'd hold up, hold up a sign and would say, welcome back. And I always liked working in like, for example, I didn't really like working in Atlanta. I wanted to work in cities where these fans were knowledgeable, you know, any of the Canadian cities, obviously, but Chicago and New York and these cities that are knowledgeable because they know when we make a mistake and they get on us, but it never bothered me. You know, the old refuse suck when they would chant it. I'd kind of chuckle inside and, and I, I enjoyed that. I liked that, that the fans would be passionate and get into the game. It, it created a better experience. Tim, I got two more for you. It's World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Visit Lord Co.'s in-store truck centers at select locations. And, and the you know, I got I dusted around at the minor levels of, I won't even call it professional hockey. It's low level in Europe. But as a ref, I, I always wanted to ask someone this who's refed at a high level. Did you ever have to break up fights when your lines, you know, if you're running the lines for games, was there ever, you know, like fights when you're breaking into the league that you had to break up and you're like, this is the worst. Like, who who were those guys when you were cutting your teeth teeth in the refing circuit or linesman circuit that you just didn't want to be around? Well, back when I was in the American Hockey League uh, out of Fredericton, New Brunswick, they had a guy there by the name, they were Montreal's farm team, and his name is Jerry Fleming. And actually, I think he became the head uh, head coach of your of the Edmonton Oilers uh, farm team in, in Bakersfield for a while. Jerry Fleming was about 6'5". And when I throw this name at you, you'll recognize it. Link Gates. Link Gates. Oh, yeah. Link, the missing link, right? And he played for the Cape Breton Oilers. And this, these were two massive guys. Well, they had a, they had a huge rivalry in, in the American Hockey League. And I was breaking that, you know, I'm 5'10", 170 pounds. And they went toe-to-toe one night in Fredericton. So much so, very funny, kicked the crap out of Link Gates. And Jerry Fleming 
got called up to Montreal the next day to be their enforcers. So there were many times I used to I used to referee in the old International Hockey League, and we'd have bench clearing brawls every night. And even though I was a ref, I had to get in there and break up guys. And, but I enjoyed it. It was fun, and and you know I loved that kind of hockey back in the day. It was it was fun. It was exciting. It would get your you know if you couldn't get pumped up for that, then there was something wrong with you. Well, I figured you liked it. If you're still hanging out with guys like Janny and Myers and all those guys in uh, St. Louis area. Hey, yeah, I got Chaser, one more. Chaser. Oh, what? Oh, Chaser's there too. Here. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, sure you know like yeah. Darren Kimball, all those guys around there. What a place to be. Oh, yeah. Kimby's yeah. awesome. Reed good good, Saska- good Saskatchewan Reed guy. Yeah, exactly. Hey, how many Olympics did you ref in? Just one or how many? Just one, yeah, the, the the one in Russia. In Sochi, usually our guys just just in Sochi. That's right. Usually our guys just work one Olympics. Uh, Stephen Walk, the director of fishing for the NHL, he does a good job of, of trying to reward guys that have been in the league for a while and and reward them with a with a uh, Olympics. And and I'm hoping that that you know we have the Olympics this year so that our guys can experience that because for for a kid. Uh, from a, a town of 1,500 people in Hampton, New Brunswick, you know, when I was in Russia, I was like, this is, you know, I used to, we had two channels on our TV in New Brunswick growing up, and to be able to be, be associated with the Olympics and have that as a memory, you know, it was just a, an honor and, and humbling, to be honest with you. Peelzy. So I just got a text on the text line from Tyler here. Shout out to him. He, uh, Jerry Fleming coached the Oilers farm system from 2010 to 2018. So there you go. You were right. You yeah. hit the nail on the head with that one. He was in OKC and Bakersfield. But I, I want to ask about the That's Olympics, right. though, because it is an Olympic year. And from a refing perspective, I think it's got to be weird, isn't it? Like, am I off to say that how you ref a game in double IHF and NHL is a lot more drastic than players make it out to seem? Like, you can't just flip a switch and be like, OK, I've got to call it a lot more strict or is it that easy for someone who's been doing it as long as you were no you know what our standard is very similar to what it is in europe the only difference is and we see it at the world juniors you know the officiating obviously is getting a lot better in europe than it used to be a few years ago you know we have a linesman from the czech republic Libor suhanek that that is linesman now in the NHL and works playoffs. He's a, he's a great linesman. But we would always see, you know, those penalties in the World Juniors and that, that you know, were they really penalties? And, and But I think that the NHL and the IIHF has, has done a good job of, of trying to bridge that gap and, and, and applying the same standard. You know, when I went to Russia, we had the same standard that we had in the NHL. The players didn't have to adjust. They knew what the standard was going to be. And the only difference, obviously, is, you know, well, back back then it was a bigger ice surface, but now even the ice surfaces are the same. So the standard is pretty much the same, and the players know what to expect when they get over there. Well, that's interesting. That's an awesome perspective. And we'll leave it at that. Tim Peel, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time here. We'll connect down the road. But again, you know, best of luck with all your media ventures. You're in with some good groups there. And I know you got your own radio show on a Tuesday now with Strick. So that's got to be a load of fun. Yeah, it's great. Strick and I and Jamal Mayers, we we started a few weeks ago and we called it Hot Mike after my incident. Thought we'd have some fun with it. And uh, you guys have me on anytime. Uh, I really appreciate you reaching out and, and good luck uh, going forward. And hopefully we can talk soon. Pilsy, take care. Thank you again for everything. Okay. Thank, thanks, Cody. Former NHL ref Tim Peel right there joining us on World Hockey Report. 
That's a fun conversation. We knew that, you know, just, just seeing a guy like that, and we will dive into the incident and that stuff too, but again, you've heard about that. He's talked about that. He spoke about it. We don't need to beat a dead horse. We want the good stories. We want to hear about sign guy in Philly. We want to hear about scoring on Luongo, and he's got Gretz texting him the next day. Oh, man, I guarantee you that's a fun guy to grab a beer with. Or a Coco Vodka. Shout out to them. I'm still rocking the shirt. The Coco Vodka shirt. I know, you know, sometimes you part ways and move, move on. But Coco Vodka is absolutely legit. Don't forget about those guys. Av and Mark, they are top notch. It's Cody Jansen, World Hockey Report. Let us know. Join the conversation. You got a prediction for the Oilers and Predators tonight? I got my bets in. I'll, I'll, I'll run through them at the end of the show. We won't spoil them yet. But again. I think I got a big night coming my way. I've had a couple of ups and downs, a couple of bounces not go my way betting-wise, a couple of tough beats, NFL Sunday. Oof. Flames, that was a four-team parlay last night, and the Flames couldn't pull it out in overtime. We're going to talk with our next guest, Grey Cup champion Zach Medeiros after the break here. Talk about the Flyers. They kind of struggled with the Yotes. I mean, Vimelka, everyone was talking about his performance. I didn't really walk through it that much or watch too much of it, but he only had like one more save than Carter Hart at the end of the second period. So maybe he was making incredible saves and Hart had the easy night. But again, the Flyers look to be buzzing. They beat the Oilers. They beat the Canucks. They lost to the Flames. Hart seems to have found it. We were talking about it with Philly Pete yesterday. And he had a couple of good picks, too. He was fully on board with Flyers puck line. That cashed out. If you were listening to this show, definitely. Anytime Arizona's playing, bet against them. Bet against them. Whoever they're playing against, just give the other team the puck line automatically. You're likely going to cash out. I think it could be a record year for that. For Arizona, they could be one of the worst teams in NHL history. Like, they are... How many games do they win at the end of the year? 15? Maybe? This is old-time San Jose Sharks, what they're looking like. I don't like it. It's ugly. It's ugly. But if you're a better, get on that train and get against them. That's all I'll say. Alrighty, we are going to talk with Zach Medeiros after the break. Huge thanks to Tim Peel for hopping on. We got more Oilers Predators previews to get to, and we'll break down the slate of games tonight. It's Cody Jansen live with you from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Follow me on Twitter at Janner31 underscore on the show at World Hockey RPT. We're presented by Lord Coatabarts, the official Auto Parts Retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. And we're going to be back after the commercial break. World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com. And sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priority. 
NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars and total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What we do here is go back, 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 back. We're kind of buzzing on this Wednesday here. Tim Peel, he brought the heat for many child raft. We got the Oilers and Pred 630 start tonight at Rogers Place. And you already know what it is. It's Cody Jansen with your World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Find a store near you at lordco.com. Our Flyers fanatic now joins us to talk about their massive victory over those strong Arizona Coyotes last night. Now, let's be real. It was like 3 nothing, and they were in a 0-0 game after two periods with them. Meds, what's going on, buddy? What happened last night? Give us the rundown. Well, what do you mean what happened? I, I always like, like to downplay every time the Flyers win. First of all, I wasn't here, what, it's been two weeks since the show, and the last time I was on, I, I told you that the Flyers were going to beat the Oilers and end their undefeated streak, and that's exactly what they did. Um, we don't have to talk about the Flames game. You know what? They had a back-to-back. They won against the Oilers. Then they beat Vancouver the next night, and, you know, tired legs just caught them. It was a successful road trip. Anyway, you want to, you know what? Yeah, they they beat the Arizona Coyotes, Three to nothing. And the Washington Capitals had a tough go with them. And so did the undefeated Carolina Hurricanes, who, you know, the Cats beat them two to one and Carolina beat them two nothing. So are the Flyers the best team in the Metro? Because they topped both of them and did one better and beat them three nothing. So you tell me. Yeah, you know what? Overall, it was kind of a meh game, to be honest with you. But good teams figure out in the end. And down the stretch in the third period, Flyers came together and eventually broke through that tough exterior that that is that goaltender's name that i can't pronounce i'm not going to but they eventually found past him. sure your name Anyways, is hard yeah, to they, pronounce he's just got a lot of different like vowels in there anyway three nothing buddy anyway huge huge win from them again i know you're not a big sports better but dude you got to get on it like just betting puck line against the coyotes like they're losing every game by two or more you got to get on this trend eventually i know Actually, speaking of betting, it's a little sidetrack here, but you know Brandon, he was on our show. Back, oh yeah, uh, way back. So he put a futures bet on the on the Braves to win the World Series once the season started, and he pulled out last night, not thinking that that Atlanta was going to be able to win one game there, because I think the last two games of that series would have been back in Houston, right? Yeah, and the payout would have been fourteen hundred or something like that. So he ended up pulling out, and he ended up taking eight fifty which at the start of the year, he only put like a hundred bucks in that bet. So he figured, you know what? I'm going to cut my losses, take the 800. And I was one saying, dude, they have two cracks at this. Are you sure you want to do this? Even though they're going to be the away team, they're up three to two. 
I mean, wow. you know, they got a pretty good chance. Yeah, and he pulled out, and they won last night to win the whole thing. So they dominated. You know, they didn't even just win; they dominated. Yeah, I uh, texted him today, and he he hasn't got back to me yet. So yeah, I'll make sure to roast him too. But also, you can buy drinks next time. Then that works. You know, he you know yeah, he's got sure. some fun money kicking around. Yeah, no doubt. Meds, you got a prediction for the Oilers and Predators tonight, or what? Uh, Oilers are at home, right? Yeah, yeah. Six thirty start. Yeah. Preds are on the second yeah. half of back to back. Second half of back to back. Yeah, I like the Oilers in this one. I'm gonna say five two Oilers. Mick David with the Hattie. I agree. I mean, you know what? I I always I always say that's right. Cut you up. I always say that, but you know, with like top players getting hat trick, but it's it's realistic with him every every game, man, because he is literally a video game player. So I might, you know what? I'm not a betting guy, but I might bet on that tonight. He's a sl- he's in a slump too. He's only got two points in his last two games, so that's that's a down that's a down week for him. Also, how crazy yeah. is the stat that Leon Drysettle has fifteen four point games? How crazy is that? That that is crazy. That's insane. That is crazy, man. You know what? It, it, it it's crazy too because kind of going back to the Flyers Oilers game. I don't really you know obviously the like the talk of the team is McDavid, right? And obviously, yeah, a, a big part of it is Drysettle too. But I always happen to focus on 97 more times than not. And when they play against the Flyers, man, I really downplayed how fast dry saddle is too. I thought for a bigger guy, like he was kind of a slouch, but he can move too. No, he is. And this is one of the things is that he kind of took a while to get into his frame, to get into that shape or even in juniors, like he was dominant. He was incredible, but like he wasn't this little speedster out there. He really thought the game ahead of players. And that's what put him in that spot. So Impressive. I, I don't mind the 5-2 prediction as well. I mean, shout out. I think our guy Connor Ingram might be getting the start for Nashville. I think that is the the, the plan for them. So I do want to see him win, and I honestly wouldn't be mad if they win. But there's also a part of me that's like the Oilers are coming off of a bad game against Seattle, that which they still won because Seattle has no goaltending. And, yeah. you know, the Oilers are just going to come and they're just going to throw everything on goal. They're going to be buzzing. It's a Wednesday night. You know they want a bounce-back performance. So I think Oilers in regulation, I took them at minus 115. So you chuck 100 yeah. on there, you win 85, something like that. It, it's it's a pretty fair bet, in my opinion, for tonight, because I don't know about the puck line. I just feel like there could be a backdoor cover. Nashville's got a sneaky good offense. They get some sassy yeah. guys now. They're an interesting team. Alrighty, other NHL news, though. P.K. Subban. What's up with this guy? He's finally getting a hearing after tripping Zegras, but this has been like three blatant slewfoots this year. What does the NHL do with them, Zach? You got to send him out, man. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's, uh, I don't know, man. The past few years, listen, we, we can talk about his lackluster production over the past few years. Arguably, you know, he is on a on a bad team, but still, he's not the PK that he was ten years ago. I think that's safe to say now, and that. That whole trade with him and Shea Weber, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Shea Weber has won that trade, no doubt. Um, and, yeah, and in terms of the slew foot, man, you got to sit him out. I mean, Gary Bevan, you have to set the premise here. You know, you're going to suspend Tom Wilson. I get it. He's a repeat offender. But PK is kind of following the uh, trend here. I mean, I would give him 20 games to kind of get the message across and say, hey, that's not acceptable. 20 games is a little, little excessive here. Like, I'm talking, like, we need, like, three or four, at least for the first one. To be like, hey, that's a dangerous play. Like, if, if you do that in minor hockey, if you do that in junior hockey, it's an automatic match penalty. And that's automatically three or four games. So the fact yeah. that he's getting away with it with tripping penalties and with minors, that's outrageous to me. 
is like we actually have to put a legit stand here or someone's going to get their skull cracked open from falling backwards. Well, exactly. You you just said it, though. I mean, if that happened one time, if it was a one and done thing, it's like, OK, you know what? Then I agree with you. It's, it's a one or two game thing. But he's gotten away with it a few times now. And like you said, you don't know what the consequences could be, man. You know, I, I've seen guys who suffered horrible injuries from far less than that. I mean, as a snoop, it's no joke, man. We've seen guys, you know, with bad knee injuries, ankle injuries, you know, shoulder, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I, I think there has to be a consequence here. And yeah, maybe 20 games is a bit much, but let me, let's, let, let's start there. Why not? It's He's bold. Think twice about doing it again. It's bold. That's it's why bold. I should be the commissioner, man. There you go. I'll, I'll put the petition forward for you. Hey, also, we got some news uh, from the New York Rangers camp here. They've loaned forward Vitaly Kravtsov to the Tractor Chelyabinsk of the KHL. So he's not going to go to the American League, and I don't think he really had trade value. I think teams kind of saw, like, hey, if he can't crack this Rangers forward group, which isn't that strong, let me tell you, I don't think that there was trade value for him. And what's the point of a team taking a risk on this guy who might have a reputation of being an attitude case? That's that's a little bit of an issue, if you ask me. Also, Scott Wedgwood ends up on waivers for New Jersey. Hey, Zach, I mean, you've been a part of teams too. And, and you know, we, we've talked about this in the past where sports culture, hockey culture can get in the way of things. But when, when you see how the NHL's disciplined Kevin, or I guess not disciplined, Kevin Chevaldeyev saying he didn't have that type of an impact, you know, having the interview with Mark Bergevin and saying, Nope, we didn't feel the, the need to even report his name in there. What do you think is, you know, something that could be shifted in hockey culture, in sports culture in general? You know, is there something easy as maybe we just take investigations out of the league hands and say, well, we've got police that we all pay taxes to. We've got investigators that are paid to do that. Why aren't they doing the investigations? Is it as simple as that? Or am I am I off something? Is there something else that needs to be changed? They need to clean house just to you know really shift the way that hockey and sports culture is gone. Man, I think honestly, any involvement, I, the, the fact that he still has his job is mind blowing to me. You know, I don't care if it's like you know he didn't have that that much involvement from what I've heard. There's some involvement at the end of the day. Any involvement is still involvement, and if he knew anything that was going on. He has no right to be the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. That's just plain and simple. He should be out of a job just like Plenville was, just like Stan Bowen was as he stepped down as the Blackhawks GM. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't think there's, yeah, I mean, anyone who's involved in who who thinks it's the right thing to sweep sweep it under the rug only because you are you have a really good, good team and you might have a chance to win and the uh, Stanley Cup at the end of the year, that's not right. I mean, at the end of the day, there is a human factor here. And this guy is a victim of a horrible, horrible crime that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life. Anyone who who's close with him are they're They're also tied into that as well. Like the psychological, psychological damage that has been done to that young man. You know, I, I how old was he like 20 years old when that happened is yeah. horrible. And, and you, you got to figure if you're in those meeting rooms and the fact that it's even a conversation to think, Hey, you know what? We'll like deal with that at the end of the year. No, you need to deal with this immediately and get that guy out of here. And then you have to make an apology and, and a statement about what happened. To the player, obviously publicly first to the player and his family as well. So let, let's put this in the context of other sports too. Is you know it's a, it's an issue that 
goes beyond hockey. I can guarantee you that. And I'm not saying this is football, this is soccer, this is basketball, baseball. I'm not like singling out anything, Zach, but I want your opinion. Do you think that cover-ups happen more often than not because winning is the main priority, because it's a job and they know if they don't win, they might not keep their job? Or do you think the cover-up comes from those people just not wanting their names attached at all and thinking if we sweep it under the rug, it might disappear? I think it's a bit of both, right? And I think in the, in the case of like, you know, I'll just speak to Kyle Beach right now is that, you know, people are always saying, oh, well, why didn't he speak out sooner? You know, it's, it's been 10 years down the road. Well, put yourself in that young, young man's shoes. As we can guess, as a Canadian, it's every kid's dream growing up to make the NHL. And here he is at 19, 20 years old. This hor- horrific act happened to him and he just, he didn't know what to do. He had no one to turn to because no one was willing to help him out and to speak speak out about it right and at the same time he's you know first round pick he's doing his best to make his dream come true in the nhl and poor guy he didn't feel confident enough to come out and say anything about it right and i guess on the management end yeah they're, they're thinking you know what we have a really good team and if we can just kind of hold on off of this a little bit longer until we we win something then we we, we might say something about it and then obviously there, there's never a right time to say anything about it right so then it keeps getting pushed back it, 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 you know Longer, longer, five, ten years down the road, and at some point you just figured, okay, you know what? It's been long enough. Maybe we ought to say anything about about it at all. He hasn't said anything about it. Maybe it just, you know, it's it's done with, and he won't say anything. And he felt confident enough that obviously, you know, a, a month ago to finally say something about it. But yeah, that that's kind of my mindset behind it, is that teams want to win so bad, and especially and it helps more. Obviously, we have a very good team to get the job done. That you're thinking, hey, you know what? It's not going to look good on us. It's kind of, you know, kind of, you know, it's going to derail like the, the season we've already had. And let, let's just do what we can to kind of keep this on the hush hush. And then we'll, we'll deal with it moving forward. Well said. I, I really got nothing out of that. You, you nailed that one perfectly. Back to some fun stuff, though. I don't know if you caught the interview with PLZ before. Here we're talking with Tim Peel, former NHL. Do you know about Sign Guy in Philly? Like, is that a common guy that people know about? Like, he made it seem like, oh, you don't know Sign Guy? Like, no, I mean, he wasn't like that or anything, but he was like, man, he's like, there's this guy in Philly with signs behind the net and he was just ragged on him the whole time. He met him one night for a beer, met him at a bar or something. And after that, he was just his biggest fan. Oh man. I uh, I don't know. I always know there's always a fan of the game. Always at the science is Claude Rains, which is true because he does rain. He's, he's, he's going to be the reigning MVP, but I always see that sign though. It always says Claude Rains. So I don't okay. know if that's sign guy or if it's another sign I, guy. I have, I have no clue. I, I'd assume he sits behind the net or somewhere where the, the refs can really see him. How nasty is Atkinson been, though? Like, what an addition for them. Even Vorchuk's been good in Columbus. I mean, let's not forget about him. He's he's doing good on a pretty pathetic team in Columbus. But, like, Atkinson yeah. looked good against Edmonton, man. Well, man, he's as as advertised. And people forget, like, oh, we need it. You know, it's you know, why, why are we training Vorchuk for a guy like Atkinson? It's like, well... You're, you know, Flyers, I mean, most Flyers, again, you always say that I'm only the only Flyers man in Canada. So hopefully that there's some people in the U.S. tuning in here because they'll understand my, you know, oh, my pain, the Flyers, right? So Flyers have had way too many playmakers in the past, and I think they need to ship some out to get some goal scores because arguably other than TK, he was probably really the only one. You know, he was on that 24-goal pace before COVID hit and through 56 games, whatever it was. Um, and that's really all they had. And they had some guys who could chip in from time to time. But, you know, you look at Drew, you look at Coots, you look at guys like Scott Lawton, Kevin Hayes. Those guys are all pass-first mentality players. So we need a guy who's going to be more and more shoot-first. And now you're starting to see Joel Farabee from the campaign he had last year with 20 goals. 
he's more of a shoot first guy. Then, you know, it doesn't hurt adding in another guy like that already. And, you know, I'm never going to complain about a guy. Six goals in seven games came as advertised and he's lighting the lamp so far. What do you think about Carter Hart? Is there any chance that he makes the Canadian Olympic team this year? Carter Hart, sorry? Yeah. I think, man, it's, listen, I want to be a homer here. And I think he's gone up to a pretty good start. Even that that Flames game, I thought it could have been like a 9 nothing game. And he's the one who kind of buckled down and made sure that that didn't happen because no one played well that night. Ah, I don't know, man. There, there's a lot of good goalies right now. I just, maybe he can slide in as the alternate or third guy. But, man, you're also looking at guys like Marc-Andre Fleury. You're, like, you're looking at, you know, Carey Price, whenever he comes back. But I, I know he hasn't played yet, but, you know, is he going to be in that conversation? I don't know, right? Jordan Bennington, you know, no one really talks about him. Like, I would still probably put him ahead of Carter Hart. Um, Darcy Kember could be a sleeper pick. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, but there's a lot of good guys out there right now. As much as I love Carter to be in that conversation, I, I, I think we got to get like in like another month or two or so to, 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 to kind of see where he's at because it's been too small of a sample size. But as long as he he keeps up his caliber of play, I think he might have a shot for that third guy. I think that's fair. I think that's a reasonable one. Now we got to talk football because the Chicago bears are awesome. Aaron Rodgers is a fraud. He's trying to be an Evander team. <laughs> and I, I think the, the, the integrity thing to do for the NFL is just kick the green Bay Packers out of the league. You know, just, just yeah. get rid of them for a couple of years. Maybe, maybe let the bears win one or two against them, but what's up with your Steelers? Like, Hey, you can't just beat the Browns like that and pretend you're good again. Are, are they back or is it just pretenders? What do you, what do you mean? pretend we're good we played more than half the game without a kicker what are you talking about you don't need a kicker what's a kicker doing football <laughs> it's that when you're going up against one of the top defenses in the nfl you're going to kind of need a kicker in a game like that especially in a showdown like the afc north there i mean yeah listen i love the steelers they, they, they won three in a row the offense there is hope there there's life you the, put up 15 the offensive points line. so what i guess one of the top defenses in the nfl what offense what we need with offense, and again, without a kicker. And we're talking about a very, very average subpar O line that is we're we're still you know working to make work. They're they're managing well, and Najee Harris is finding ways to be a game breaker, getting a hundred yards in back to back games. Like man, I yeah, listen, Adrian I'm Peterson might put here. up fifteen points by himself next week. Oh come on, man! Listen, you can hate on the Steelers all you want. Listen, and, and this is Steelers football, okay? Run the ball, defend the run, plain and simple. They're not a flashy team. They're never going to hang 50 points on you. This is a gritty, pesty team. Yeah, they're, they're going to win some weird games like that. But listen, at the end of the day, a W is a W. It doesn't matter how you slice it. If it's if they hang 50 on the opponent or only win by five without a kicker, they still found a way to get it done. They're four and three, and I can't wait for them to be, you know, run all over your bears on Monday night in front of the national television to, to show them that they're back on track. That's the Monday nighter this week. Next That's week? the Monday nighter. Oh my! In the what? color rush uniforms. Okay, well, what are we betting on it then? What are we betting on it? I yeah. don't know. You want to do like a hundred bucks? Deal. Bears, Deal. Bears. Bears. Bears are gonna win. Or yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get it on air. Got, wait, wait, hold on. You're you're telling me you're that confident in Justin Fields going up against that defense? He's gonna tear them up. Oh my lord! You don't really? think you don't think they've got a chance? The Bears are way better. They, I mean, it's a tough loss on the weekend. You shouldn't be losing those games. But what do you I'm, mean? The Bears have lost the past two straight, haven't they? Yeah, I'm fine. 
I mean, that's fine. They'll bounce back. They're bound for a win. Hey, it's like you said, man, the best through three and five team in the league, right? Mads, man, this is fun. Hey, we'll talk to you again uh, next week. Actually, we'll talk to you on Monday when the Bears are kicking the absolute brakes off the Steelers. <laughs> Can't wait, buddy. World Hockey Report. That's Zach Medeiros. Thanks to Tim Peel for hopping on the show. I'm Cody Jansen for Jeff Bank, back in the 12-ounce sports studios. Hey, we're presented by Lord Kawada Parts. And also, shout out to Pro Rock Sports Travel Tours, the Hockey Podcast Network, where you can download the podcast if you miss any of the interview with Tim Peel or Zach Medeiros. Get it right there. Until next week, everyone, be kind, be better. Be better.